You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. It's time to talk pitching with the pitching guru, Scott Emerson. Chris Townsend sits down with the A's pitching coach exclusively on A's Cast. Outside corner, ring him up. And Eaton can't believe it. Perfect pitch right on the black. Here's Chris Townsend. Scott Emerson, for God's sakes, the pitching coach of the Oakland Athletics is with us. Emo. Have you ever had to? Have you guys ever gone from Tampa to Seattle? I got to think that's like seven, seven and a half. Man, we said we had some long flights, but I, I can't recall doing uh, doing Tampa to Seattle. But uh, man, when when you're making some of those flights, I mean, Oakland to Tampa's a not a not an easy flight either. No, no, it's a long flight. Um, you, I, I saw you in the background. You heard what I was saying. To me, I don't want to hear about randomness. I don't want to say who's the hottest. I think the best way to put it is, what is the state of your roster at the start of every series in the postseason? And to me, and you've been a part of it, you've been a part of preparation. Just talk about how you guys going into the postseason, you've been through it, scouting the other team, scouting your own team. Stop talking about the randomness. It's like, where is your roster right now when the tournament starts? Yeah, I think, you know, I think you nailed it with a home field advantage. You know, I think when when you get into that playoff, uh, scoring first is important. Try to get out of the gate and score first and hold the lead. Uh, but, uh, you know, your roster wants to be as good as it can be at the end of the season. And that's why, you, you know, you're playing the season to, to be as good as you can possibly be. And then putting guys in, you see uh, some of these teams, they're calling up guys who uh, had with the left-handed reliever with Arizona had 10 games in the big leagues. And, and they said the other night he was pitching in his eighth playoff game. So who gets hot at the end of the season? What players are, are riding the wave in a good way at the end of the season are the guys that obviously you want to have on that postseason roster. Now here's a couple nuggets for you, which I mean, you out Homer, the other team, you're 21 and four in the postseason. That's I think we all get that. I, I, you tell me, though, this is you just mentioned you score first teams that score first are 27 and nine. That's a 750 winning percentage. Just tell me I, Arizona's seven and uh, Texas is seven and zero. Arizona's six and zero. both are unbeaten when they score first. Uh, it could be just one. It could be just one run. But what, what, what's the deal? I mean, you're, you're looking at uh, human factor as well. You know, uh, the game changes when you're behind. You're, you're, you're fighting to get back into the game. Players are pressing. You know, the numbers aren't lying there either of what you just said. So, you know, it, it's a little easier to pitch with the lead. It's a little tougher to hit when you're behind because the pressure gets on you. And, and you know, when pressure is on, it's just a different, different type of ball game. You look at the regular season compared to the playoffs, and you see that the style of baseball is just a little bit different. So, you know, score first, get out of the gate first, and then you can align your bullpen any way you please. 
And bullpen has been really a, a great story for both of these teams because Arizona found their bullpen. Their bullpen's been real strong. And Bruce Bochy, I mean, he's coming in here with the most blown saves we've ever seen for a team in the World Series, what they had during the regular season. But all of a sudden, Bruce Bochy has found a couple guys. Uh, LeCurk, obviously, Spores, he's found some guys that he's been able to rely on. But both these bullpens, I mean, you don't get here without these bullpens making it happen. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the teams that we had in the playoffs and how good our bullpens were. And, uh, you know, bullpens in general, uh, unless I, I've seen it wrong over the last few years, but have went, won 51% of your games. Yeah. So they're right in the thick of the game. Uh, it's important that first guy that comes into the game shuts that game down. You know, he doesn't get as much credit as that guy who's closing the game at the end, but sometimes you need that closer to be that first guy in who kills the other team's momentum. And I think that's going to be important for both teams uh, leading into this World Series is what reliever can come in and kill the momentum of the other team. Arizona, 2.76 ERA this po po this postseason. Texas with a 3.72 ERA, so – uh, definitely, and that 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 kind of becomes for Bruce Bochy the question, and something I do want to get in into with you today about third time through a pitcher going third time through the lineup. But sometimes the decisions, like when you don't have a strong deep bullpen, you've got to rely on your starters to go deep, and that could be a strength or a weakness for the Texas Rangers. What have you just seen? And you know the Rangers better than, than most. You, you play against them in division. You've prepared against them. Uh, so far, what you've seen from the starters for the Texas Rangers. You know, obviously, Evaldi's one of the best out there. He, he's having a really good playoff. You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, when you get into these playoff series, you're, you're, you're looking for guys to go out there and, and get you as deep as they can, keep the game close. I mean, Jordan Montgomery's got a 2-1-6 ERA, I believe, in the playoffs, 25 innings pitched. He's pitched really well. What they do is they throw strikes. They make the hitters uh, try to be on the uh, attack mode on them, and then they can get swing and miss off of that. So I think Texas, you know, you got you got Evaldi, Montgomery, and Max Serger. I mean, you're, you're throwing out three real good quality starters. And, to, and, and the Diamondbacks – they're throwing out some good starters as well. I mean, when you got Gallon out there and, and uh, uh, Kelly doing their thing, I think it's going to be a, a really good series. And what can the guys do? How deep can they get them? Now, obviously, the Diamondbacks feel really good about their bullpen right now, so they're going to yeah. play that matchup game after the fifth, maybe, maybe the sixth. Uh, Texas, you know, Max, went, uh, I think, what did he go, three innings the other day, and then they went to the – the the um the, to the bullpen immediately. Now what you got is you got a seven game series, so you got two games in a row. You got an off day. That first game, you know, you're down four or five. You may go to the back end of your bullpen. You're down two or three. You got to play that game to win right now. You know, not that you're not playing every game to win, but you don't want to burn a, a guy who may have to pitch in game two, two or three innings in game one in a losing situation at some point. But one thing with Texas and that powerful offense that they have is how what is striking distance for them? So I, I think the way <laughs> these teams use their bullpen, yeah. uh, but their starters as well. I mean, 
you know, I, I go back to the uh, Grady Little days of Pedro Martinez and Pedro telling him, I'm good, I'm good. You've got a Hall of Famer out there telling you he's good. That's that's some pressure decisions for uh, for uh, managers. You know, it's not that easy. You know, you got Max Serger out there who's a, who's a Hall of Fame pitcher in my mind, and Bochy's got to go out there at some point in time and pull the trigger on him and bring somebody else in the game. That's not easy. So, um, but I think, you know, when you're in the World Series or even in the playoffs, the egos are checked out at the door. You come in to play to win the game. Not that you don't do it during the regular season. It's just done a little bit differently. Uh, but, you know, I think guys just go out there. They go as hard as they can, as long as they can. Texas right now kind of reminds me of uh, not too long ago, the St. Louis Rams, the greatest show on turf with Kurt Warner, where they boom, 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 it's 21 nothing before you know it. And next, you know, you're on your heels, and you're like, this game's over. I mean, it's amazing the firepower that they have. But when you look at Seawald, Ginkle, Saul Frank, Thompson, Mantiply, am I missing anybody with, with, with uh, Arizona? This bullpen that they have, especially Ginkle's been incredible. I mean, he was a guy that was sit down at one point, comes back. I mean, so when you talk about having that deep bullpen, also talk about what that means when you have these days off with that. You're not playing seven straight days. You're going two games, day off, three games, day off. How much does that help you? And as a pitching coach, what's the strategy with that? Well, I I think, you know, it's talking to the pitchers before the game. Are you good? I mean, I remember Liam Hendricks in our playoff series against the White Sox. He, I believe it was two and a third or or two and two thirds. He finished the game. And the next day he said, uh, you know, I I don't know if I feel so good to go to game. I can pitch for you but I, I don't know how great I'm going to be. And, and I was like, I'll take Liam Hendricks at 70% right now uh, in a one inning game. And that next day he went out there and he was throwing hundred miles an hour harder than he's throwing all season. Right. So the adrenaline to, to be yeah. able to talk uh, to your guys and, and Grinkle, this guy's pitched in uh, eight games already, nine innings in the playoffs. He's punched out 13 and he's walked two. this guy's a go-to guy right now. This is somebody that I believe, that, uh, you know, you want to get the ball to guys that are hot, you know. And and like I said, with the starters, you know, the game has changed. I know we talked about third time through. But when you're in a seven-game playing for the World Series, playing for that ring that everybody, you know, grew up thinking about, it's, you know, how are we not going to let the game get out of hand? Uh, are we going to have guys warming up? Even a guy that's having success and he's in the fourth inning, but there's a matchup issue, uh, three or four hitters down, you have to be ready for that situation. Because if the matchup says this guy is way better than the guy on the mound, it's something that you got to consider. Now, your eyes will tell you things as well. You're watching the game. You know, you got to, you know, that's why managers get paid the big bucks. Townie, they're out there. They got to make these very important decisions based off of numbers, based off heart, based on what they're seeing during the game. This guy's rolling. This guy's pitching really good. I'm keeping him out there. Or this guy's teeter-tottering a little bit. I got to have the bullpen ready to go. And I can't be out of that, that game on one swing. And that's what I was telling you about earlier with the Texas Rangers. You know, the Texas Rangers, they got two guys on. And Seeger's up. You got a right-handed pitcher, and your left-handed matchup guy's your best guy in the fourth or fifth inning. How soon do you go to it? Because one swing of the bat, 
Seager hits a three-run homer, you're down three, and that could be the knockout punch. So managers have to decide it's not easy. Uh, numbers don't lie, and what you're seeing at that present time doesn't lie. And I think on the last episode we talked about is do what you do all season, but maybe shorten it up a tad. Well, you say the managers make a lot of money. You're not living in that nice house in North Carolina because you're working for free. And I know that manager is going to be asking you a lot of those questions. I have the numbers in front of me. Starting pitchers, third time through the order. Now, this is all the starting pitchers, so this is they're kind of skewed, right? Certain guys are different than other guys. Um, it's funny. Second time through the order, starting pitchers this postseason, they've been better than the first time they faced the guy and the third time. The second time is when they've been the best. But how much of it is the guy on the mound is the known right now? I'm watching him. You, can, I can have these numbers and go, yeah, third time through the order, slug goes up, on base goes up, average goes up. Okay, but – the guy on the mound, I'm watching him mow through this team. The numbers may tell me to do something, but the guy warming up in the bullpen is technically the unknown because I don't know what he's going to have coming in. So talk, talk me through that process, manager, pitching coach. Our eyes tell us that it's about getting outs. I need outs. I don't care how you get them. Striking out, grounding out. I need 27 outs to win this game. I got a guy out here who's mowing the team down. He's got 75, 80 pitches, third time through the lineup. I've got a known commodity who's throwing the ball well on this night, and I got an unknown commodity warming up in the bullpen. I don't know what he's bringing. Data says bring him in, but I don't know. Talk us through that discussion. Man, is it, like, like you just said, it's really not that easy. Uh, I mean, yeah. That's why your eyes have got to tell you something. The scoreboard tells you something. Um, like you said, who's down in that bullpen? Who's pitching right now? you got your number one pitcher out there on the mound, and he's been doing it all season long. It, it's kind of hard to go to that bullpen in the fifth or sixth inning or, or, or in the fifth for sure. It, it, it really is. Uh, but you also got to think about, you know, how, how much am I going to go through this bullpen and what do I got for tomorrow? Now, me personally, in the playoffs, there is no tomorrow. You play every game to win the game. And when that situation comes up, uh, that's when you got to make those important decisions. You got to cover every situation. You know, sometimes during the regular season, you're in the fifth inning and you're like, hey, I just need this guy to get through this inning. I don't want to kill the bullpen, maybe for tomorrow. Well, in the playoffs, there is no tomorrow. Win today. You win today, and then you got tomorrow. You lose today, you have tomorrow, and you have an off day. So you got two days in a row to unload your 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 best pitchers that you feel are your best matchups at that present time to win this game, knowing you have them tomorrow and knowing you have them on an off day. And look, these guys are big leaguers. I can tell you when they get to the playoffs, three, four days in a row, if they had to pitch, they're going to pitch. They know what's on the line. They know in another six days – they're out fishing or, or hunting or doing whatever, and then that's when they can recover, playing some golf, hitting them into the trees like I do. But it's important that these guys, you know, are ready for that situation. You don't know when they're going to come in the game yet. They don't. They have an idea because you've prepped them like, hey, you need to be ready for these lefties 
And then you need to be ready for this pinch hitter with this three batter matchup. You know, you got to face some guys. You might come in thinking you're two out of three versus a lefty. And then all of a sudden, bam, they turn the switch on you and they bring in the two righties. And that's the one thing that we don't talk about uh, enough here uh, is not only the pitching, but how the opposing manager flips it and brings in the two right-handed hitters. Always, you always, I, I figure, you know, you have a, you have a three batter matchup. You want the lefty to be able to come in and face two out of three for sure that are lefties. But then you also have a wipeout factor. There's two outs and he's got to come into the game and get this out. You're coming into the game to face Seager left on left. Well, you're going to get Seager, right? And uh, that's two outs. That's the guy you have to get. That's the left-hander. He has to come and get Seager. Now you've got Seager maybe with Garcia behind him with two outs. You got to get Seager, or he has to face Garcia. So there's so much uh, 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 gamemanship going on between the managers thinking, well, if I do this, he's going to bring him in. If I do that, he's going to bring him in. So there's constant preparation going on for the game on both sides. And when you decide to make that matchup change, and when the other guy decides to flip the script, is what's going on. Now, the thing that gets me about that, though, is benches are smaller than ever before. Because of the panic of having to have 8,000 pitchers down in the bullpen, even though we expanded the rosters to 26, you still have a limited bench because you got to have a backup catcher, too. How much has that helped from a pitching standpoint that, you know, back in the day when you first started or, like, all the days we would have Ray Fossey on, and Ray Fossey's like, we only had an eight-man bench. We only had an... What, we only had an eight-man staff. The rest was all position players. They used to have far more options coming off the bench in yesteryear baseball than, than you do now. Yeah, you know, that's definitely changed. You got an you got an eight-man bullpen down there. And uh, in the playoffs, maybe more because you, you, you might go with three starters instead of five. You, you, you could go with your four starters. So you're sending an extra guy down to that bullpen. But like I said, when is the opposing manager going to flip the script on the pitcher and start unloading with his right-handed hitters? He's got an opportunity. He's got runners on base. More so, he's probably going to do it in today's game. And like I said, a little bit earlier, you know, the World Series, you got left on left, Seager's staying out there. Uh, Lowe's probably staying out there. Uh, but you, you got a, another yeah. left-handed hitter. Uh, Tavares may not stay out there. He may not stay out there. Bases loaded, one out. In the fourth inning, they might bring in the pinch hitter now. So now you've got a, a, a certain different matchup. I think, you know, at, at runs, you need runs. You need to try to score them in the playoffs as soon as possible. And that's what we talked about earlier about score first. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, that was one of the criticisms of, of Dusty Baker, uh, Martin Maldonado, who had not been swinging the bat well for really the entire second half, got a lot of key at-bats. With runners on, they didn't capitalize, and that's one of the one of the things Dusty's taking some heat. Let's talk about a red hot player. 
you know, I, I looking at the notes here, and it's historical, obviously, what Adolis Garcia is doing. He was the ALCS MVP. He, he had a 1,102 OPS at 327. Uh, that's what he's done so far in 12 playoff games, along with being the ALCS MVP. 20 RBIs in 12 games, seven, seven home runs in those 12 games. I mean, he hits one more home run, he ties a record. He gets one more RBI, he ties a record for postseason history, putting him up there with guys like Lou Gehrig and stuff. Uh, when you've got a red-hot guy in the lineup, you know he's seen it like a beach ball. How do you as a staff, when you have your meetings with the pitchers, whether it's starters or relievers, how do you say, this guy can't beat us? How do you go after him? Yeah, I mean, you're you're always you're always talking about, you know, this guy can't beat us. And then you got to figure out, okay, well, who's sitting behind him? You know, who does that guy beat you? Uh, left on left. Right on right. Does he beat you right on right? Or does he, you know, left on right, he may not beat you. So there's, there's, that's where the data is so important to understand. Okay. Is he a reverse split guy or is he a, 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 um, a right on right or left on left guy or left on right guy? But, you know, you're trying to always, uh, always avoid damage. I, I always believe that good pitchers can, um, you know, attack a hitter's weakness with a strength. If he doesn't have a strength and you got to go strength on strength and you got bases open, you may be you know, hoping he chases more pitches than not. You know, you're, you're, you're pitching a little bit more to the shadow zone and deep in or, or down and away off, hoping he's anxious and he chases. Look, he wants to swing the bat. We all know that. He's got one homer, you say, one RBI away from records. Yeah. I mean, he probably knows that too. Maybe he's going to be over aggressive, you know. The best hitters in the game take what you give him. And when you're streaky, you just hope they were on the streak before you even showed up. You know, that's that's the best thing about what the Diamondbacks can say is his streak is behind him. We're starting a whole new series and a whole new building uh, in Arizona or in Texas, and, and hopefully we can get him off that streak. Did you know that this is the first ever World Series where both teams play, I've never heard this, climate control venues wow that's that's uh that's awesome the humidifier right no it's the uh, retractable roof and, and they got you know the, we're on turf we're on turf fields uh both have ro uh, roofs open and closed uh, i'm guessing they're going to keep the roofs closed i i know what texas played one game at the playoffs with the roof open does that make a big difference you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, probably during the day it does, uh, especially in Texas. Is it the wind uh, in swirling? Arizona. Is it wind? Can the wind uh, get no, in? No, you know, I, I don't really feel the wind in those places because uh, how high their stands are in the yeah. wall. And, and um, you know, you know, the same thing in Oakland. You really don't – I don't really feel the wind in Oakland because of Mount Davis and how high the sides are. It's, it's when the uh, center field is kind of open. And then uh, I feel like some fields, uh, the, the wind can come in and twirl around a little bit. But I doubt it in Arizona and Texas because they do have back walls. I'm thinking you're from Arizona. Open up the roof. It's beautiful this time of year. That'd be awesome. Man, no, keep it closed. <laughs> too, too dang hot. No, it's probably great weather in both spots right yeah. now. Uh, this, yeah. time of the, this is their best time of year. 
This time of the year, you look at the desert, whether we're talking Arizona, the Southwest, this is the best time of the year for their weather, right? So it's like uh, oh yeah, open up the roof, no question about it. Um, Probably high 70s, low 80s. When you think about, you know, so much of baseball has been about how smart people are. And I'm not trying to get on that. I, I, analytics are, are important to all business. I try and tell people that we in the restaurant bu- business have data and analytics. Everybody uses analytics. Everybody uses data, whatever you want to say. But sometimes it's been overblown, and when teams have success, they want to give all the credit to that. I, I, I kind of like the fact that this World Series, because I know – I know how important you think analytics are, but how you help your pitchers mentally, how you help them grow as men, as people, you're a teacher. I think about leaders like Bochi, Tori Lovello. Tori Lovello's talking about love, for God's sakes. Love. How many times do we ever hear teams talk about love? I like the fact that we're talking about the stories of baseball, about playing baseball, and we're not talking about spreadsheets about these two teams. Am I right or wrong on that? Well, I mean, I, you know, for me, analytics has been around forever. It just was called stats. It's just changed. You know, there's there's numbers that have just changed, you know. Uh, you know, you have to value the numbers uh, because the numbers at the end of the season just don't lie. But what you have to do is you got to prioritize your numbers. Like what's happening in the in the present uh, doesn't always mean what's going to happen in the future, and doesn't always mean what's happening in the past. You you know uh, that's the one thing you know that you really have to kind of look at is how far am I going to go in advance, uh, uh, or uh, you know how far back am I going to look at a hitter's uh, statistics, and how how much video am I going to look at in bat? Like I said, the good hitters change. They're constantly changing. They're making adjustments. They, they, they. Uh, like I'd be looking at Garcia's swing path, where he's standing in the box right now. Uh, what's he doing different? Uh, he, he's got to be doing something. Maybe it's just mental. Maybe, but there's probably a physical part of it. So, is is has has Tim Hires changed his swing? Has he done something approach-wise? Is he taking more pitches early in the count? Is he laying off more breaking balls? You know, those are the analytics that you have to look at as well. And, and analytics is a huge part of the game. It's just what numbers are you putting first? You know, I think, uh, you know, there, there's there's gyro degrees on a baseball, the top spin of a ball. I, I really don't look at that as much as I look at spin efficiency and the spin access, height and horizontal release and those types of things. Because you got to prioritize a certain bunch of numbers, what, what you and the organization like. And then there's just some numbers where you just kind of throw it out the door and, and they're not as important to you. You know, uh, you know, I, I'll give you an example. Uh, there are there are some really good hitters that have negative swing numbers in every count. They just don't swing that much. But when it's inside the strike zone, they swing. And when it's their pitch, they swing. So those are numbers you have to look at. So, you know, me, I love the data. It's OK. What data am I going to use? And, and that's, that's the important part, because if we're using data that's you know, useless, that players can't handle, there, there, there's realistic numbers that, that we have, and then there's just numbers that are just kind of tough to follow. Yeah, I feel like I'm at a driving range right now, and I'm 
Where do I take the club back here? Where do I take it here? Where do I take it here? What do I think about here? What do I think about here? What do I think? How do I stand? How do I align? Where's my ball position? Ah! And we lose track well, of hit the ball at the target. Simple. Well, you know, you, hit the you ball know at the how target. Much data, you know how much data we have on the field uh, oh. using our track man. Uh, like, and, at what uh, like at what point do you tell a guy, you know what? Take all this, throw it out the goddamn window, and go get somebody out. Get somebody well, out. That, that, I, I, I love that. I love that. But look, look, when we're on the field and we're experimenting, that's just experimentation, right? Yeah. So those numbers are going to be a little bit different. You have to take the game numbers, what the guys can you do in the game, how they, you know, we know. We know that the spin rates, you know, the, the looser uh, rotation of the ball, the ball is going to tend to drop more. The, the, the more you can backspin it and it spins with better efficiency, it's going to stay up more. The Magnus force is going to keep it up. We know all this stuff, but you're right. Instead of trying to make your pitches better, make better pitches. Get out there and put that slider down and away. Put that slider below the zone and see if you can get a chase. Crash the guy up and in so you can keep your sliders down and away. Count advantage, get ahead with strike one, win the one-one count. Those are all things that are being preached from, I hope, all 30 major league teams. Like, hey, I got to throw enough strikes. I got to be in good counts. That, for me, is, is important. Then we get to move on and go, okay, how can we build this guy's arsenal now that he knows how to throw strikes? Well, I, I, a great example is game seven. Zach Wheeler comes in. There's no date on him. He's never he'd never come out of the bullpen. You had no idea what you were getting. You just said, big boy, I need some outs. Go out there and blow up by everybody, right? We never seen him yeah, come I out think, of the – we never seen him. Zach Wheeler had never come out of the bullpen his entire career until game seven. Yeah, I mean, I, I bet he came out of uh, uh, the bullpen in uh, uh, college summer league if he went to college or, or in high school. But these, these guys that want to pitch – they don't care what they're – they just come out there and pitch. Zach Wheeler, I can guarantee you, was chomping at the bit down in that bullpen going, get me in this game a little bit earlier. Get me in this game as soon as possible because the real competitors, the elite guys can do it all. And, and you know, I, I, I always tell this story about Chris Bassett when we were kind of, you know, having Bassett as a starter and Bassett as a reliever. And uh, Bassett called me one day and said, you know what, Emo, I don't care when I pitch. When you when the phone rings is when I'm going to pitch. And then towards the, the, the middle of the season, he started being a starter more. And boom, he, he ended up uh, you know, not worrying about the little things. The things that he worried about is how good is my breaking ball right now? How good is my fastball? Can I execute these pitches? And when the phone rings, I'm going to go out there and do it. Yeah, let's end on this because – I don't know how many people are talking about it, but Texas just lost three straight games at home to the Astros, right? They've done real well on the road, but they just lost three straight games at home. Uh, Arizona has been good at home this year. We know Arizona is an offensive ballpark. When this new ballpark first opened up in Texas, people looked at it and said either it was fair or more of a pitcher's ballpark. It's now statistically turned more into a hitter's ballpark You've been there. What do you think? How do you view Globe? Is it Globe Life Field or Globe Life Park? What is it? I think it's Field. Globe Life Field. field. How do you, do you view it as a pitcher's park, hitter's park? How do you view it? I actually think you know it's relatively fair. You know, when I first showed up during the pandemic, nobody's in the stands. 
it felt like a launching or not a launching pad, but a graveyard. Guys couldn't hit hit the ball as you know. I'm watching BP and I'm like, all right, all right, we can throw a little bit more heater here. We we can pitch a little bit more to contact here. Uh, you know, balls weren't going anywhere. And then as the fans got in, and I don't know if this means anything, but uh, over the years now you're looking in right field is playing a little bit short. Left field can play a little short. Center field, you still got to hit it pretty good to get it out of center field, I feel like. But uh, for me, it's kind of a neutral ballpark. Now, Arizona, for me, is, is kind of a, an offensive ballpark. You get some balls up in the air, and, and especially, I think, to right field. Uh, and guys can kind of go the opposite field as well. Um, you know, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, Texas's offense, they can run in some things and hit some homers. I think Arizona plays a little bit more line drive, gap to gap baseball. And, and both teams are really, really good. And, and they're tough to pitch to because they take what you give them. And, uh, you know, Texas has some guys that, that have big time power. And, and, and you know, I, I see them more. So I don't know as much about Arizona. But when we played Arizona, I just felt like they were they were the scrappy grinder guys that uh, put balls in play and ran down the line real hard. And Texas was more of the sit back and and launch some homers, but uh, you know both both teams have been fun to watch play this uh, playoff. When's the next time we're When's the next time we're on? Uh, Monday. We'll talk to you on Monday. We'll be breaking All down right, the first. Guys. We'll be breaking down a good part of. Uh, we'll see where we are in this World Series. You enjoy, my friend. All right. Thanks for having me. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.